Howdy, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to Cinematic Conversion. We are super excited to chat with you today about two gay-ass movies. <laughs> Gay in different ways and in more or less accurate ways, you could say. And I'm letting you know now, this will be our first episode where we're talking about a movie that we did not like. Well, and... So we've been going through each of the Best Picture nominees um, in recent episodes. And this year, is not that it's an anomaly, but I feel like most of the movies are great. Yeah. Like, they're great, amazing, or, like, outstanding, you know? And this is, like, the one outlier where it's, like, not so great. So And that movie is maestro my astro my astro as i cannot stop calling it for some reason but that's why we also decided to do um all of us strangers because although it was not nominated colin and i saw that a few weeks ago in theaters and we loved it Mm -hmm. um and both of them have kind of center gay characters which we're excited to talk about kind of in our opinion one good example one bad example Mm -hmm. um but i'll give you the summaries so summary for maestro Uh, Maestro is a biopic about the legendary conductor and conductor, composer, pianist, Leonard Bernstein. Um, So if you know West Side Story, that's like one of his probably most famous, I think, um, musicals that he composed is West Side Story, the music for West Side Story. Um, And this is a special focus on his marriage to his wife, the Chilean actress Felicia Montalegre. Something like that, yeah. Something like that, even though, yeah. Um, the film follows their relationship and marriage from when the pair meet up until her death following a struggle with lung cancer. Um, and we'll dive into kind of everything that happens and I think the strengths and the weaknesses of the movie when we get into spoiler section. Mm-hmm. Next is All of Us Strangers. So All of Us Strangers is um, about Adam. And, and one night in his near-empty London Tower block, screenwriter Adam... Uh, played by Andrew Scott. So if you know, if you've seen Fleabag, he's the hot p- priest from Fleabag. So that's Andrew Scott. He plays Adam. Um, and Adam has a chance encounter with a mysterious neighbor named Harry. And Harry is played by Paul Mescal. Um, it is Mescal. I thought it was Mescal. It for, is not Mescal. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so sorry to Paul. Love you so much. Sorry I was saying your last name wrong for a century. But Paul Mescal... Um, And as their relationship, the romantic relationship between them begins to develop, Adam, uh, the writer, finds himself drawn back to his childhood home where his parents appear to be living just as they were on the day they died 30 years ago. So it's kind of like a little ghost story, which is fun and exciting. A gay ghost story, which we love. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to talk about awards? Yes. So Maestro received seven. Oh, seven. (laughs) oh that's crazy (laughs) seven nominations it got nominated for best picture best actor for bradley cooper best actress for carrie mulligan best original screenplay best cinematography best makeup and hair and best sound so it did pretty well um it got nominated 
yeah it has not been winning anything it's not been winning anything across award season really i mean makeup and hair has won here and there because the makeup work i do think deserves to be commended yeah i agree Um, they made him look old as shit well just like the progression throughout his life i will say i don't love the nose work yeah they did with him i thought it was a little too prominent and when you like look at pictures of leonard bernstein doesn't really look accurate yeah but other than that like especially when he's like old it's incredible yeah makeup work there um so We'll go into why we necessarily agree or disagree with these nominations, but that's what Maestro got. And then All of the Strangers blanked. It did not get any nominations, which is interesting because it got, like, I think around seven at the BAFTAs. So at the British Academy Awards, it got quite a few nominations. It didn't win anything, but which I think is sad and disappointing because I do think that this movie is significantly better than Maestro, but... um, Amen. Anyway, yeah, that's what these movies got. Okay, well, without further ado, we are going to enter into spoiler section pretty quickly today because I think there's a lot to unpack with both movies. Mm -hmm. So, Maestro, Colin, (laughs) how do you think, you know what, give me your feelings. (laughs) Um, My feelings on Maestro are kind of all over the place. I feel like there's some things to be... I don't know. I really enjoyed parts of it. Yeah. So there's, I mean, maybe we can talk about that scene later. I feel like it will make sense into the story. There's a cathedral scene that involves Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan. And it's, it's pretty incredible. This yeah. one specific scene, but the rest of the movie, I just feel like the narrative itself. I did not know what this movie was trying to be really. Yeah. I, I was kind of expecting just like you know how normal biopics are where they just like talk about the person you know and their life story and they're pretty by the book which i can i guess that's like why you can say why certain people like this movie is because it's not that way it's more focused on leonard bernstein's relationship with his wife yeah which i don't know i personally i didn't love that you know i i just felt like it especially in the first half so the first half of the movie when he's younger is shot in black and white and then once he becomes ultra famous it's in full color and so i didn't know i didn't understand that creative choice either yeah you know like what was the point of that and it did feel like two different movies where like the black and white felt like it was trying to be like a black and white old school movie yeah and then in color it felt like a modern day type thing i don't know and it just for was no like, apparent reason like i'm not really sure why we needed to do that the cinematography itself was beautiful like it was yeah pretty to watch and that's where i feel like i can give credit to bradley cooper is i feel like because he also directed this movie so i feel like he upped his game when it comes to the craft of the movie you know yeah. like the makeup work the shots the cinematography all of that is really great but so he also made a movie called The Star is Born, um, came out in 2018 with Lady Gaga. And that movie is much better. Way better. I love that movie, yeah. actually. But I don't know. I think he personally just really wanted an Oscar. That's yeah. what this movie feels like. Which, and that's, I don't even think there's anything wrong with that personally. I just think sometimes when that is like 
your end game. It can cloud the storytelling. Like yeah. I think you you stop trying to make a coherent, impactful story, and you're just trying to like make it as. Well, I think he tried to make the story more artsy in yeah. a way, and I just don't feel like it worked. Yeah. Like, so for those of you who haven't seen the movie, or if you have, basically, like Colin's saying, it focuses on his marriage with his wife, Felicia. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it shows like when they meet and like their whole relationship. The big gag is he's a homo, he's gay, <laughs> you know? And so, like, he's this really incredibly talented composer and conductor. Um, and then it's like, like Colin was saying, it's hard to tell what the story is trying to be. I think this is something that biopics fall in often mm-hmm. is it's trying to cover such an expansive life of such a famous person that you're trying to like shove in so much content that it almost kind of just becomes boring. Yeah. Like it's very, everything feels very superficial. Mm-hmm. And I think especially given the complexity of their relationship, because he was gay, a closeted gay man, she knew yeah. And they kind of had like, so they fall in love and they get along really well. And then, you know, it kind of comes out that he's gay and she's like, I still love you. And if you need to date boys and still be married to me, that's fine. But then like he kind of is selfish and it's kind of overstepping boundaries and it's just being kooky and crazy, but kind of just gets forgiven because he's this really famous composer and then she dies and he's really sad. And then he just like... Um, Fred just fell out of the closet. So if you heard that, that was our cat. Are you okay, bud? Are you okay? See, he also, he just can't stand this movie. He hated it as well. Is he legit fine? Where is he? Um, I think he's okay. I didn't hear any squealing. So, um, you know, the, the wonders and beauty of an at-home podcast. Um, but anyway, so like lots of complexity and a really could be an interesting story to this relationship but that's where I feel like it's so confusing because like the depth is not there. It's like very no. superficial, which I feel like then kind of comes across. And this is where we have a beef. It's a wee bit homophobic. It feels like it just is kind of like he literally was not nice to his wife and not a good person, but it's almost, I mean, this is our interpretation. Granted, we saw it once. We just, really did not want to watch it again because I didn't enjoy it. Sorry. (laughs) Um, It just is kind of like, he kind of is terrible to his wife. And then there's just like no really resolution. It's just kind of like, but he was so talented. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, that's really what it is. Like, I feel like this movie falls into several tropes. Yeah. Like that. I just find so annoying. Like I feel like a lot of times and, I don't know if this was like Bradley Cooper's intention. I doubt it. You know, I like Bradley Cooper. I think he's a great actor and I think he like is on his way to becoming a good director. I think I'm hoping he learns a lot of lessons from this movie, but I feel like a trope that with like gay storylines a lot is that like they're dating a woman or married to a woman and they're cheating on them consistently. Yeah. And it's somehow it's like, okay. Yeah. For whatever reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hate that. It's like, no, he's a piece of shit. He's cheating. I don't care. You chose to marry your wife. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want this movie to portray that as like, 
being okay you know yeah and i feel like like you said it's like okay because he's mega talented you know yeah. and like super famous and i didn't like that i didn't like i don't know i don't like the trope either of carrie mulligan being the suffering wife yeah. the whole movie she does a fantastic job she's honestly my favorite part of the movie Agreed. her acting but i i don't know i just feel like it fell into these tropes and it made me it made it so hard to really get into it because so. this is the thing i think that what they're trying to do and this is what i think a lot of these tropes are trying to do is they're trying to show how hard the situation is and mm -hmm. i totally get it back then it was a different world you know and like they were in a really hard spot where it's like you it was very very dangerous to be out and proud in the open during that time mm -hmm. you know and so they're trying to be like yeah like he had to make these choices and do these things and I guess my thing is, like, that can explain the behavior. But, to, like Colin said, I still feel like that excuses the behavior. Mm -hmm. Because while I understand that that was a really difficult decision, and I don't know what decision I would have made, I also know that there were people who were brave enough to be out and proud and would rather be true to themselves than hurt another person. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I just, like, I agree with you, where I'm just tired of that trope of, like, so many gay storylines are about a closeted gay man cheating on his wife. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know, that did happen, but those were not good people. Like, I it hate to say it. make it okay. It doesn't I excuse like it. You can understand why it's happening. But at the same time, like, I just wish, not that I feel like they deserve repercussions or something like that. or Because I feel like she, she chastises him a couple times. Yeah. But... I feel like there, nothing happens outside of that. Yeah. Like his family doesn't find out about anything. Like he lies to them consistently. I don't know. Well, he never and seems I feel like, like he's feeling that bad about it. Well, and do we really know? I don't know a ton about Leonard Bernstein. Yeah. But if that is really like what, I don't know if that's true, any of this. So like, it's almost painting him in a really bad light. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand what you're going for here, Bradley. And that's know? where, that's where like, this is, I think the danger of, a straight man trying to portray a very complex gay character. Yeah. Is I feel like the self-loathing moments and like the moments where, you know, Leonard is probably, you know, feeling terrible and guilty and full of shame. We're just like not very well captured. That's why I mean, yeah. like the movie was very superficial. We're like trying to get through so much, but it, I never feel like I got to see him actually be repentant, really. No. Kind of a little bit at the end when his wife dies. But I'm like, where was this energy through your whole life? No, he like, doesn't what the hold hell? any of that energy for her until she gets sick. Yeah. So she gets diagnosed with cancer. And then she eventually passes away. And it feels like he never cares for her in reality until she gets diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, shit. And then... It's like too late. Because they're that like point. good friends, but he does just like make very selfish decisions consistently throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think we mean when we say like it's a little homophobic, where it's like, okay, he doesn't get to do that because he's gay. Like, just yeah. you can be gay and a bad person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I think, especially in like a more progressive society, people are like, you're gay, you can't do anything wrong. And I'm like, gay people are complex, well-rounded characters. Being gay is just one piece of a person. Yeah, They can be selfish, they can be narcissistic, they can be kind, they can be amazing and creative and thoughtful and helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think don't put them into a box. You know, don't hate them because they're gay. Hate them because he's an asshole. Like, yeah. Well, and I think a pretty simple, not 
similarly in narrative, but like just because they're both conductors, really. A similar movie is Tar, where I feel like that is portrayed very, it's like really well done. Because Kate Blanchett plays a lesbian fictional like conductor and composer, and she's pure evil, you know? Like she just like uses her power to control people and manipulate everyone. She's selfish. She's She's very selfish. Yeah. She's a pretty complex character because she also like really cares for her family. You yeah. know, she's really sweet to them, but yet she's like power hungry and yeah. thinks she knows everything. And I think that's okay to portray, you know, LGBT characters that way. You know, I think because well, that's real. That it's is real. Not every gay person on the planet is a good person. Yeah. You know, like I feel like in this movie, it like almost makes excuses for Bernstein's yeah. behavior. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that either. I didn't like, um, I don't know. And then like at the end, it's just like, yeah, my wife meant everything to me. And I was like, where, where? Like when when you were getting raw dogged, like when when were you thinking of your wife? You were doing drugs and and like men through the whole movie. Even after she dies, he's like 9 million years old. Yeah. And he's out partying with being his students. creepy with his students yeah. who are like underage and i'm like what are we trying to say about this man i genuinely don't know well and that's that's what's interesting is like he's doing really questionable things but there's like never any like mm-hmm. chastising there's never any like this is bad it's like he was so talented <laughs> But then it's like, well, and he was get... bad. And you're like, okay, what are we saying here? The only moment where I feel like we get a glimpse of how talented he was, was the cathedral scene. Yeah. Because he like has his own composition of mass, you know, like and conducts it. I think it's, I don't remember the name of the symphony, symphony, but it's an incredible scene. It's very well shot. You know, Bradley is acting his ass off in this scene it's the only scene where I was like, wow, that was really good. Yeah, you know? it, was, it was amazing. <laughs> well, I think there's like little moments throughout the whole film where like the things, everything comes together for like 10 seconds yeah. or like a couple minutes and you're like, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then we're back to like something where I'm like, wait, what? what is going on? What is the yeah. purpose of this? Why are we here? Like, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. Why are we in black and white? Why are we in color? What's going on? Yeah. Um, but we love you, Bradley. Keep trying. You're getting better, babe. Like, keep working. I mean, we did just shit on your movie for 15 minutes, but you're doing your best and I, you're learning. I really just think he, because he has been nominated a million times at the Oscars. I really just think he was like, I just like need to win. And this is the type of movie. I mean, you saw it got seven nominations. Yeah. It's the type of movie that the Academy likes. And so, and he knew that. And like, it didn't even get amazing reviews. Yeah. It's like at a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, if you care about that kind of thing. Well, that's to your point but, where every other movie that's been nominated for best film, incredible. Like in the 90s and it's like... It's incredible. It's amazing. And then we just have like Maestro just like hanging out. And I'm like, why are you here? Like, <laughs> hi girl. Like, are you lost? Like, what are you looking for? Why are you literally up here with poor things, Oppenheimer, Killers? You know, like, yeah. why are you with like these bangers? Like, hi girl... And poor Bradley's face as he's like losing all of these like precursor awards. Well, I think at the start of the season, a lot of people were predicting Bradley to win because he has been nominated a trillion times. Yeah. You know, people love the overdue narrative and like the other front runners. So like Paul Giamatti and Killian Murphy, like they've been not 
Killian, I think it's his first nomination. Paul's only been nominated twice, so he has like a long time before he like is overdue. Yeah. Whatever. And so, but he's just, consi- Bradley's just been losing consistently and it looks like he is in pain every time. Sorry, Bradley. So, you know, but you gave us a Star is Born and we'll be forever grateful. Yes. And that showcased Lady Gaga's acting talent. So yeah. we can give him credit for that, I guess. <laughs> so conversion moment. What do you like? How does this apply to us all? If you had to take something away from this movie. Who the hell knows? Honestly, <laughs> Gay people can be bad. <laughs> Gay people can and not should, but they they should be portrayed bad if the narrative requires it. Does Gay that people make sense? are like, human beings. I feel like if that, how do I even say this? He should have portrayed it that way if that's what... I just don't understand why he, like, put those scenes in this movie. Yeah. Does that make if sense? If we weren't going to, like, teach a lesson. It's just, like, they put him there, and it's like, I just find this guy extremely creepy now. I yeah. almost have a worse picture of what who this guy was. Yeah. I don't know. And we didn't get to see any, don't... like, the pain or the struggle or, like, the cognitive dissonance. It was just kind of like Bradley's, like... I'm going to write a song and then I'm going to kiss a boy and then I'm going to do drugs and then I'm going to pretend to be friends with my wife and then I'm going to write another song. And you're like, okay, like what I, are you, what, what, what's going on? I think what you can take away from this is you, I think it's easy for people to say they either love or hate movies. You yeah. Know, it's just like easier to have those opinions. And I think when there's so many things you dislike about it, it's easier to say, overall, I didn't like this movie. But I think with this, there are things to, you know, commend. There's the makeup. There's yeah. The cinematography is beautiful. Beautiful. Um, the way it's shot is really pretty. You know. Carrie did great. Carrie she, did great. And Bradley was fine. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it's not my favorite performance of his. Yeah. I feel like he just was, like, almost, like, mimicking in a way it yeah. didn't feel like an authentic performance like i feel like he just was like you could tell like in his face I feel like he's just like thinking about it too much well i don't know to your point like the mimicking that's what i mean where like there's an element that's missing mm-hmm. and i i you know i honestly think it's because bradley's a straight man and i'm like you there's a feeling about being gay you know that well, casting himself as the main character yeah. too, like the main gay character. I'm just like, I don't know. You, trying to understand those feelings of how Leonard Bernstein was feeling. Like he wasn't just like, my wife said I can go kiss boys. So I'm going to do it. Like it was probably way more painful mm-hmm. than I think what was portrayed. I think it was like way more complex. I think there was way more shame and pain and guilt involved than I think bradley understood how to portray yeah and so that's what i mean like it makes leonard bernstein just like look like a sleaze bag yeah because he's just like i don't know like i cannot get some of the images out of my head of him just like walking around and i'm like what just i there's just so many scenes where it's like hey this guy seemed like he was a piece of shit yeah but like but he wasn't his family loves him like his family loved him and it sounds like his wife really loved him in real life you know like but in the movie, it like makes it sound like he openly, like right in front of her, cheated on her. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm like, how can you love someone that does that? Yeah, but I don't know. I just think the struggle was lost. Yeah. So my truly my takeaway, my conversion moment about how this applies to us all is just people get to know a person as a whole person. Mm-hmm. I think lots of times you latch onto an identifier, especially in today's identity politics world. 
I think it's an important conversation and people have multiple identities and yeah. multiple facets to them that are worth getting to know. So like a person can be gay and that is like literally one singular thing about the hundreds and hundreds of things about them. Mm-hmm. So get to learn about that person as like a whole person. And I think movies still have a long way to, I mean, a long way to go before they understand how to portray gay characters that way. I think it's getting better. Tar is a great example. Honestly, all of us strangers is a great example. I think we're going to get into that. Yeah. Um, and that's why we wanted to include this one. Cause I think all of us strangers is like the inverse mm-hmm. <laughs> of maestro where like it really shows a thoughtful way to portray yeah. the gay experience. And you have Andrew Scott, who is a gay man playing Adam. So I think he really just knows how to portray the feelings that are associated with the pain. And I think that's what Bradley was trying to do is like, show like there's like so much struggle and pain like about being gay especially during this time especially for these famous figures yeah that's totally true and i think you it's just hard to explain if you haven't experienced it i think that's a hard thing to act unless you've you've felt it and you know the nuances which i just don't think the move maestro did well no and that's my final thought on that Amen. amen honestly period okay all of us strangers (laughs) <laughs> yikes um as if you listened last time colin and i were sobbing in the theater sobbing in the theater it i do not cry a ton at movies like i just don't really but this movie struck a chord with me i don't know what was going on i was violently sobbing in the theater i could tell jace was like um are you okay <laughs> this is me rubbing your back it's okay it's okay you're gonna be okay it was a lot to handle. It was. And I think before we dive into it, I honestly can see not a ton of people being like extremely into this movie. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. If you can get past it's like a fantastical fantasy type yeah. movie. It's in a ghost a way. story. It's a ghost story. And I think that can be a little off-putting. I mean, it was for me at the beginning, you know? I didn't know how I felt about it. But the more it went on, the more I enjoyed it. And, like, the way that they did it made sense. And I don't know. It just... But I can see why, like, people would be like, I don't feel like I understood this. Does that make sense? I don't know. No. For those of you who haven't seen it, so that you understand what Colin's talking about... (laughs) Basically, Adam, Andrew Scott, the writer, like we said, is this gay man and he's kind of like developing this relationship with this other gay man who lives in like their kind of empty apartment building named Harry. And while that's going on, he like visits his childhood home and his parents who died when he was a kid are like there mm-hmm. and they like invite him in and he's like, what is going on? And he's like meeting them and they're like, you're a grown man. Like, this is so crazy. But the gag is like they died before he ever got to come out to them, mm-hmm. you know? And so then it's kind of like he's coming out to them as an adult because his parents are like, so tell us like everything that's been going on. Like, this is so crazy. Like what's happening? Um, and the mom's like, do you have a girlfriend? And he's like, oh no. And he's like, are you married? And he's like, no. And he's like, why are you so single? Like you're so handsome and so successful. And he's like, oh, well, like I, I'm actually gay. And then, you know, I think that's where things can get a little triggering for anyone who's had the experience of coming out to their parents is, his parents respond in a way that is, you know, fairly normal for some mm-hmm. parents when you're kind of like being confronted with something you never thought, you know, in a life you never pictured for your kid. And so they say a few wrong things. And then, I mean, we'll get into it 
um, into some of the lines that I think really kind of just like broke us down and made us cry <laughs> because they were just like, oh my, I need to maybe unpack this. This is crazy. But so that's what Colin's saying is like, if you haven't experienced that, you you might miss honestly some of like what he's saying or like some of those feelings. But I think that's something that I want to share about my takeaway and how it applies to us is like just that experience of how we relate to some of the emotions that were mm-hmm. shared in the movie. Yeah. Well, and this is directed by a gay man as well. Andrew, I think it's Hay, how you say his last name. But he, I think he just paints a very sympathetic portrayal of the gay experience. I mean, obviously he's a gay man. It's based off of a book. I'm interested to read this book. Me too. But I heard that like his adaptation like this film adaptation takes a lot of creative liberties. So it's pretty different from the book, but I think the way that it's done is, I mean, I related to a lot of, you know, the plot points and like how Andrew Scott's character felt as a young child, you know, it's just really difficult to really explain the loneliness Mm -hmm. that you feel as a gay kid. You know, you just feel so different from everybody you feel scared to tell anyone, particularly your parents. You know, I yeah. know I was terrified to tell my parents. I mean, I didn't until I was 24 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know. I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I just think it's a very sympathetic. And I, I like Paul Meskel's performance because he's a straight man, mm-hmm. you know, in real life. And But he plays the love interest for Andrew Scott. Um, and he, I feel like doesn't play into any stereotypes, Mm-mm. you know. I feel like he his performance is very sympathetic. I really enjoyed Paul his did his research. Paul knew yeah. he portrayed everything. There's a line. So when Colin talks about this loneliness, right? There's a line that Paul says. So him and Andrew, you know, have spent the night together and they're just chatting and they're getting to know each other and and Paul says like they're talking about their families. Like, so how's your family about you being gay? Which if you've ever been on a gay date is like, it's like the first, the first thing, thing you talk about. about. Like, so like, what is your, how did your family react when you came out? Like, I don't know why we love to just like trauma dump <laughs> upon meeting, but it's just like what we do. It's just like a good way to understand the other person yeah. better. Like right off the bat. I don't know. It's a good, I don't have any issue with it. I did it throughout my day. Oh, same. I always did it. Well, I mean, you're just so curious. But so they, they're kind of getting into that and Paul's talking about his family and he's like, they're okay, you know, like they see me. And then he says, he's like, but sometimes I feel like a stranger mm-hmm. in my own family. Um, <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to pause because... We're going to ball our eyes out probably. Th- I think so. that line was really... I mean, that's a feeling that's so hard to explain. And I think I really related to it. I love my family. And my family has done everything possible to make me feel included and accepted. And there was just so many times growing up and even post coming out where like, you just feel like a stranger Mm -hmm. in your own family. Like eventually I just had to like go into this world by myself. Like the journey with my family stopped and I had to go alone. Yeah. And so then sometimes like coming back together, like it feels like there's so many parts of myself that my family just doesn't understand, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe never will. And that's like a really, that kind of loneliness is so hard to describe of mm-hmm. like the feeling of not being understood and not being known. I mean, I can I have so many memories of like family parties when like before I was out and, you know, all my cousins are getting married and bringing their significant others. And like 
that's just like not something that was ever going to happen mm-hmm. for me, you know? And it's just kind of like, what is my path? Like I cannot relate to this group of people in this way. Like it's so difficult. Yeah. You know, and like that, that, that loneliness, I mean, it's just really hard to explain. And so I think Paul did a really good job when, you know, he's in, he's emotional. He's like, I just feel like a stranger in my own family. And like, it's just like hard to go around them because they just don't know who I am. And my life's just on a completely different trajectory than my siblings, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's a relatable experience for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, to give everyone kind of a sense of how lonely it can be, I feel like so my younger brother, not to out him on this podcast, but he's also <laughs> well, he gay. is married. He so. is married to a man, so he yeah, he walks around the world gay. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also gay, and we didn't know that each other was gay until we were full fledged adults. Yeah. Like we didn't have confirmation, and we just didn't talk about it. You know, and I feel sad for our younger selves. I feel sad for him as well, because I wish I wish there would have been more of an open conversation about, you know, sexuality when I was younger. And I just I felt so alone. I know he did, you know, and both of us have had to, you know, unpack a lot of things and, you know, learn how to accept our sexuality kind of on our own. I mean, now, of course, like him and I talk and we kind of had talked about our experiences and you know and that's good but i don't know it's just really hard to describe like you said you feel like a stranger to your own family and to your friends you know who are all going through the same things like taking the same steps in life and you're just not you know and it's just like never gonna be that and it's like, never gonna be that way i remember like feeling that kind of despair mm-hmm. after my mission and oh, like going yeah. i went to byu lol but n- nothing against byu but being gay and going to byu is crazy and hard yeah and i just remember seeing my friends get married you know and you know, starting to have kids. And here I was literally not dating at all because I was like, I'm a homosexual, you know? And it was just really difficult, you know, to feel like you can't have that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Andrew Scott's character feels that um, and had felt that up until he, I'm pretty sure up until he really met Harry, Paul Meskel's character. And that is just so devastating to think about that there's so many men and, you know, like, lesbians or bisexual all these people part of the community just grow up feeling so lonely yeah i don't know it makes me really sad it is very sad it's like and it doesn't stop even after you come out which i think people don't realize is like there's a lot of damage done Mm -hmm. you know like that kind of isolation and loneliness that you feel as a kid kind of warps your ability to connect with other people it there's a lot of healing that has to be done to like try to make a healthy relationship work. You know, it's just, it's really interesting. And so then I think that presents a lot of problems in the gay community itself as like, there's a lot of really emotionally stunted adults mm-hmm. trying to make up for lost time and find connection. Um, and I love them. I love yeah. everyone in the gay community. I love them so much. I love everyone on their journey and everyone's coping in a way in the best way that they can. And I'm proud of you all, you know, like mm-hmm. I get it. You don't need to be lonely anymore. I see you very hard experience and it's just, it's hard. Like, and we make a lot of mistakes and there's just so much 
figuring things out by yourself. Yeah. And it's just like, it's very daunting. It's, it's mm-hmm. really hard. There's another line that truly broke both of us. <laughs> um, this line was so bad. I, they even played a snippet of it at BAFTA. We watched BAFTA yesterday mm-hmm. and they played a clip from it crying again. And I said, it's <laughs> noon on a Sunday. I don't need to be bawling. I really do not need this. But basically to set the stage... So Andrew Scott, right, um, came out to his mom first and she kind of had her reaction. Um, And so then he leaves because they kind of got in a fight because she was just saying the wrong thing, which is very common for parents to do because they don't understand, which is fine. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's understandable that he got upset. So he left and then he comes back and just his dad's home and his dad's like, hey, and he's like, did mom tell you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you don't seem like surprised or shocked. And he's like, I had a feeling. And he's like, why? And he's like, well, like you know, I, I knew you were getting bullied at school and like I would hear you crying in your room, you know, and Andrew's like, oh. And then he's kind of like, well, why, why didn't you come didn't into you my, me? Yeah. my room when I was crying? It's like, well, I just didn't want to like, you know, put a target on your back or, you know, I just wanted you to, to be strong. And Andrew's like, oh, okay, you know. And then his dad, like after they have a conversation, his dad goes quiet and then, you know, he, he turns to Andrew and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't come into your room <laughs> when you were crying. Um, and Andrew's like, no, it's okay. It was so long ago. And then he just bursts into tears. Because, like, that's what I talk about, like, what I mean when I think about when I was little. And I think about those moments. That, oh, see, this goddamn movie just truly <laughs> ruined my life. Um <laughs> I think about those moments when I was little and, you know, alone in my room and crying because, you know, something happened at school that I just didn't feel like I could tell my parents about because it's embarrassing, you know, or just like the self-hatred and the the fear about what my life was going to be like and that I knew, I just like knew even when I was little that I was going to have to do so much by myself mm-hmm. and just like, you know, it's it's hard, and sometimes it's like, I wish someone would have come into my room when I was crying. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not a critique on my parents because, you know, I think for any parent, you don't know, you know, and you don't want to, like, make your kid feel bad being like, I think you're a little gay boy, you know. <laughs> you, you know, you don't want to make your kid feel bad because, like, you know, um, and you don't want to, like, you want them to feel free to, like, express themselves in that way, but... It was a hard, it was a hard watch Yeah, because I think it's a relatable experience for a lot of us where it's like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I think all of us wish someone would have come into our room when we were crying. And I think a lot of parents don't, um, because it's a hard, it's a hard thing to navigate. And again, not a critique on my parents. My parents have more than, you know, made up for it and supported me and, and really have done so much to to help me feel supported i mean i came out to my parents before my mission i came out to them in high school because they just created that kind of environment so it didn't go on for for too long but Mm -hmm. it's it was ooh, i was bawling worse than i just bawled on this podcast (laughs) literally next to this old lady i was literally Colin and I both were sobbing. I, the tears were coming out so fast. And I literally told Colin, I said, we need to go. We need to get out of here. This is so embarrassing. I need to leave the premise. Um, but I, I, that's why this movie, I think, really portrays 
the experience that I think Maestro lacked. Mm -hmm. Like it shows the actual pain that I think Maestro just was not able to understand mm -hmm. of like, no, there's so much, so many emotions going on yeah. you know, during that time. Well, and I think, thank you for sharing, by the way. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry to cry on the podcast for my second time. Um, I think even more, so, I, I, there's just a lot of different types of trauma that this movie deals with. Yeah. Um, aside from the fact that it talks about like the gay experience, you know, I think it also, because his parents were killed, you yeah. know, when he was super young, it really dives into the trauma of losing loved ones at yeah. a young age. And I think that can be also very triggering for people who have experienced that. Yeah. Like I can't even imagine, you know, losing somebody that I was close to, especially my parents when I was, you know, that age. And I think it just goes to show how much damage can be done to someone's psyche if that goes unresolved. You know, I like it's kind of clear, kind of, that Adam in this movie is pretty mentally unwell. Yeah. You know, like he's seeing his parents, you know, yeah. dead at like the age that they were when they died years ago, you know. And so it's it's really sad and I feel like a lot of people in life kind of just like don't resolve that trauma they don't go to therapy you know they just try to move on the best way they know how but how can you move on from yeah. that you know and so I think this movie tackles that topic really well too um, and I just think if you've grown up gay this will be triggering for you but also yeah. you know if you've lost a loved one at a young age or even, you know, just whenever it can be hard, it can be a hard watch, but I do think it's really fulfilling. It's very sympathetic for both, you know, types of trauma and yeah, I really love this movie. So it was a healing movie. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Taking a breath. <laughs> um, anything else that you want to talk about with all of us strangers? I mean, I think we talked, I think we covered everything. I really, really love Andrew Scott's performance in this. Me too. I'm like devastated that he didn't get into Best Actor. Like, I think that's the worst snub this year, yeah. honestly. Like, I agree. I think it's just so sympathetic and so real. And he just does such a great job. I don't know. I loved Claire Foy as his mom. She did you know, great. She, she played that great. character so well. She played her so well. And I think a lot of moms, particularly from that time period, I think they, not that they're necessarily like homophobic, but they just like worry, you know, because like the media had portrayed such a bad, you know, picture of what gay people yeah. were like back in the day. And I think she just was worried, you know, for her kid, you know, she doesn't want her to have him live a sad life or have people say mean things. And I think that also just like was a very real experience and was probably will probably resonate with a lot of people. So I really enjoyed her. Um, Jamie Bell as the dad made us cry a couple times, <laughs> bro. Go to hell, just Jamie Bell. <laughs> you ruined my life. So anyway, yeah. Um, that's all I really have to say. I really liked this. So me too. And you know, I think just a little, I know that this, the listeners on this podcast, and I'm so grateful as such a range of people, you know, we have people from the LGBTQ community. We have people from the Mormon community. We have people in between. We have people not associated at all to either of those. 
Um, anyone listening who has a gay person in their life, especially if you're a parent with a gay kid, you know, I think don't feel bad if you feel scared. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's okay. I think Nicole and I were having this discussion the other day where, you know, when I came out to my parents, this is something I had been thinking about and coming to terms with for like literal years before I was finally able to say it to them. But for my parents, even if they had suspicions, that was their first time yeah. hearing it. And so then they, that was when their journey started mm-hmm. to like, be like, you know, well, now what does this mean? Like, are you still going to have kids? Are you going to get married? Like, are you going to go, you know, move to San Francisco? Are you like, what is, you know, like <laughs> they just like only know all of these gay tropes. And so like, they have all these questions and all these fears about like what my life is going to be. Um, and I think if you're a parent who's, has a kid come out to you, you know, that's your thing to deal with. And it's okay if you feel that way, but don't forget to let your kid know that you love them. You're glad that they told you it's going to be okay. You're happy because chances are your kid's been crying in their room for years, for years before they worked up the courage to tell you this, you know, so be so proud of them for being brave enough to muster up the courage and be proud of yourself for creating an environment where they feel like they finally could. It's a really scary thing, mm-hmm. you know? And then, you know, just get curious. Be like, okay, well, I have some questions, you know, go, Google's free, babe. Like there's so many good resources. Ask me and call on if you're like, hey, <laughs> my kid just came out. Like, are they going to go do drugs? And, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You know, like I think a lot of people, their mind jumps to the worst place. The gay community rocks. Like your kid will be well taken care of, but set them up for success by helping them get comfortable and confident in themselves and helping them understand their worth before you send them out on their own. I think that's the best way you can set your kid up for success. Um, And so that's just like, I think my last little takeaway and how it kind of applies to all of us is, you know, everyone's going through a hard journey. This just happens to be a journey that Colin and I know well because yeah. we experienced it. So sending peace, sending love, sending light. <laughs> you know, I don't just this. Yeah. I, yeah, I really recommend seeing this movie. I mean, it, it does have like a couple of sex scenes, but they're not anything crazy. Gay people have sex. Gay people have sex. It's it's okay. Just like other couples. Yes. But it's really not anything crazy. I think there's a couple of F words, but I recommend seeing this movie regardless. I just think it really gives you a sympathetic look into what the gay experience is like. Yeah. Um, more than any movie I feel like I've seen recently. Yeah. And so... We really love this. And I'm really sad it didn't get into Best Picture. Me too. So That's a really big bummer. But I do think at the same time, um, so it was distributed by Searchlight Pictures, which also distributed Poor Things. And so Poor Things was kind of their number one, you know, yeah. awards contender. And so they put all of their money behind Poor Things, which I get. I do too. But it is just unfortunate that this kind of... I don't know, went under the radar because of that. And and Maestro is backed by Netflix, a bigger production yeah. company. So it is what it is. But Okay, final rating. Um, for all of us strangers, I give this a 9 out of 10. I think I could see it going up in the future. I think just the first little part of it was jarring. Cause I, didn't, I kind of went into it blind. I didn't yeah. know about like the fantastical aspect of it. 
but once i got into it i really enjoyed it, it made me sob several times so you know that's a good indicator that's it's a good movie for me so i give that a solid nine out of ten but what about you 8.5 oh okay why is that <laughs> i loved it i do feel like some parts were a little slow i don't know 8.5 i think will go up in the future yeah well and i just remembered there's a couple dream sequences that didn't make a ton of sense yeah. in the movie that i didn't love yeah and but i think the good outweighs the bad totally um but yeah okay i see why you'd give it that what about maestro <sighs> a six <laughs> i mean it's like a little above average for some of the cinematography elements yeah the story and i mean maybe it was also just because it was like a sunday morning and we were sleepy and i don't know i just like i was it was not doing it for me no and i just have some critiques about that trope that mm -hmm. like i don't know i think if you're gonna do that story you need to know the whole you need to paint the full picture you need to pop your pee you need to pop your pee you need to like <laughs> not just have it be superficial which i get is really hard but that happens to biopics all the time yeah. and so unfortunately i feel like this movie just like kind of falls with like the other boring biopics of the universe yeah yeah i agree i think i give this a five or a six 5.5 .5 around there yeah i feel like i initially gave it a 7 out of 10 but the more i think about it the less i like it yeah. as time goes on i yeah especially after seeing all of the strangers it's just like night and day difference and no tino shade bradley cooper he's trying his best but i just well, thanks for taking a risk babe thanks for at least wanting to tell a gay story yeah even if it was not told well. <laughs> Even if you did bad, but period. Love you, Bradley. Still love you very much. I do think he's talented. I just think he, they call it the sophomore slump where yeah. the second movie is just not it. And I think that's what happened here. Um, I think he just was a little in over his head. I hope he learns his lesson. Um, I mean, hopefully his movie got nominated still. So who knows? But I think, no, giving the pure depression on his face he's beating himself up he's yeah and well how can you compete honestly like it it's not even a competition to me with no. you know in director or actor you know christopher nolan beat his ass i'm so sorry everyone you know? did i'm like multiple people yeah and killian murphy paul giamatti same thing like it's just it's not your year babe so sorry the competition brought their a game and you brought your g game for gay so <laughs> sorry babe maybe next year well all right coming up next time so on friday reminder we're, we're still on our denis marathon we'll be reviewing arrival um come ready to to learn because i'm <laughs> going to be pulling out my linguistic theory my life theory come ready to be educated because i love this movie um and i'm ready to talk about it for 48 hours so <laughs> We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.